This podcast is made on Darawal country, the unceded land of the Wadi Wadi people. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Are you at a career crossroads and thinking about what's next for you? For career change tips, stories and resources, sign up to our newsletter or check out our new online courses at whatshedidnext.com.au. If I had have listened to everybody who questioned me when I decided to, to leave on my trip, maybe I wouldn't have gone. And that would have been the biggest regret of my life and I would still be doing the same thing. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What She Did Next. I'm your host, Jackie Uwe, and this is a podcast where I talk to women about their inspiring career changes. love the idea of packing up your life to go traveling, just stepping off the daily treadmill and seeing where it takes you? Well, that's exactly what Evie Farrell did back in 2016, and her travel buddy was her young daughter, Emmy. As a solo mum, Evie had been struggling to balance her busy corporate career with spending enough time with Emmy, and she decided an overseas adventure together was the answer. But what was intended to be a year-long trip away exploring Asia has turned into a whole new way of living and working. Gaining a huge following on her Instagram account, Mumpack Travel, a raft of unexpected opportunities came her way. And now Evie runs her own travel company called Mumpack Trips, providing fun and thoughtful travel experiences for women and for mums and kids in some of her favourite countries, like Vietnam, Cambodia and Malaysia. If you love to travel or are simply feeling the need for a different kind of work life, I think you'll love this conversation, which is full of great tips and inspiration. So please welcome from Sydney, Evie Farrell. So Evie, you have a pretty incredible story to share about the very different life you've created for yourself. But can you start by telling us a bit about your background and what you were doing in your earlier career? Yeah, so I think my background is a very standard background that many women and many people have in that I grew up in the suburbs and I just followed the standard kind of line, the standard process I went to high school, I went to university, I got a job in the city, um, I had a partner, we got a mortgage um, and I became pregnant and I had a little baby girl and I had been working so, you know, incredibly hard all my life to build my career Mm. and I felt like this was kind of, this was the next phase of life as it is for many people on this path. Um, then shortly after my daughter was born, my relationship, uh, broke down. Um, and then I had to kind of navigate that myself now being a solo mum, going back to work and trying to balance everything. So I worked in PR, um, I worked in issues management, very fast paced, very energetic, a lot of quick decisions being made. And I absolutely loved it. Um, but as a solo parent, trying to do everything and balance earning the income that I needed to give my daughter the life that that I wanted to give her and being able to spend time with her it just it wasn't possible 
Well, I was just going to say I read an article where you wrote, um, I spent more time each day on the train to work with strangers than I did with my own daughter, which is a pretty confronting thought, but is probably true for a lot of parents. I mean, can you talk a bit about that? Isn't that awful? And it was absolutely true because I was working in the city and, of course, this is back in the day before we even had the option to work from home. I mean, you just wouldn't even ask for it. Mm. Um, so I I actually had um, an au pair from overseas living with us uh, because that was a more affordable option. Your babysitting is so expensive. Um, and there's so many challenges that you need to kind of overcome just to be able to work, as many uh, women and, and parents would know. Um, so I would leave. I would leave, I would say goodbye to Emmy in her bed and then I would leave to go and get on the train. I live, you know, about an hour from the city. So I'd spend that time, I'd get into work, I'd work all day, then I'd come home and she would be ready for bed mm. and I'd pretty much say goodnight. Um, and then the weekends, of course, are filled with doing everything that you need to do because you're, you're working all day. So it was just rushing around, doing all the jobs, all the chores, all the activities, all the routine, everything that fills our life or that was filling my life at the time that wasn't enabling me to make a meaningful connection mm-hmm. with my daughter. And I and I felt that in addition to that, spending all that time on the train with strangers, um, I was sitting at my desk in like a concrete office in the city spending my whole day there. And then she had just started kindergarten, so she was doing the same thing. Mm. She was sitting at a desk in a classroom in a very kind of concrete environment and we were just so disconnected. I felt we were really disconnected. I felt I wasn't having the time with her that I needed to create a relationship but also to get to know each other. Yeah. Um, And I just couldn't figure out what to do. I tried a, a few options, um, working closer to home, working part-time. That It's really hard to get the balance, especially when you're a solo parent, to earn the income that you need um, to be able to live a nice life and yeah. nothing crazy, um, but just to be able to give your children a nice life and, and be able to spend time with them too. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out what to do and then my kind of life-changing moment was when um, a good friend of mine passed away and she had two small children and, I mean, it was just absolutely just, I mean, the worst possible thing you could imagine and I just thought if it it just made me realise I needed to actually, I didn't have time. Mm. We don't know how much time we've got. I needed to make a decision and that decision for me was to spend time with my daughter. Yeah. Um, and then I had to try and figure out how to do it. And <laughs> Yes, <laughs> well, I wanted to know how you landed on the decision you made because, yeah, your solution to how you could spend more time with Emmy was a pretty interesting one. So tell me how you landed on the decision to take off and go travelling. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me there weren't, there didn't really seem to be any other options to work part time, it doesn't. It didn't bring the money that I needed to pay the mortgage and to live properly. To work full time, I couldn't spend enough time with her. Um, my background is traveling. I traveled a lot. I did the whole backpacking thing. I really enjoy exploring the world, um, and I realize now it's because it does give me that sense of freedom. 
And the best times that I'd had with Emmy, because I was contracting, um, I could take blocks of time off and we would go traveling. And, and when she was smaller, it was, you know, a lot of Disneyland and just getting away together though. Um, I just, I, I sat down with a friend and I was saying, I don't know how I'm going to manage this. And she said, okay, what are your great loves? And it was Emmy mm. and it was traveling. And she said, why don't you just do it? Yeah. And I thought, well, it is actually that simple. Why don't I just do it? I mean, obviously I was in a privileged position. I did have my own mortgage um, because thankfully when I was younger, I'd bought an apartment that I'd had and I, then I was able to sell that when um, we separated and buy my own place. I did it all myself. But I had a house that I could rent out that mm. would help me with an income while we travelled. And I also had some savings. I, again, had been caught up in that whole suburban line, the process of what you needed to do, the accepted way of living your life. And I had $30,000 that I was going to use to upgrade my kitchen. And I'd been trying to spend that money. I'd been, I'd been getting the quotes. I was ready, <laughs> but I just couldn't do it and so I put that money towards traveling and I decided you know what Em and I are going to go away for a year and I'm going to rent the house out and we're just going to travel and that's how we will spend our time together and you know when we come back we'll you know I'll, I'll work out how things will go when we get back I mean I didn't put any pressure on myself I just decided this is what mm -hmm. we're going to do it was very different um it was very I think a lot more people do it now back in the day this was 2016 and at that time I had to figure out gosh what do I do about schooling like there was no pathway to follow but I just bumbled along and I I worked it out and we did a practice run in Borneo and we took off and oh, stayed wow. in really cheap accommodation and just took buses I said to Emmy if we go away together this is how we're going to live it's going to be much cheaper because we have to budget and we tested that out we just loved it so came home packed up and and left <laughs> off you went wow well I think it ended up being more than two years that you traveled together can you just share a bit about what that experience was like yeah it's really interesting because when I told people and I think this is really important lesson that you can apply throughout your life is that a lot of the time when you do something different, the comments that you get from people focus on the negative what ifs. Yeah. So for me, people would say, well, what if you can't rent your house or, or what if you get sick or I don't know, what if you get robbed? What if something bad happens? Or, oh, well, what if you come back after a year and you can't get a job? Uh, there were just all these negatives that I just had to push through. Mm. Um, so we left and honestly, just the realization for me and the almost physical feeling when we walked through immigration of this weight being lifted from me, because not only was I getting to spend time with Emmy, all of these restrictions that come with routine of the everyday were also lifted. All that the mental checklists that we have of everything that we have to do every single day was lifted. It was a sense of freedom. It was really just Emmy and I. We had I had one backpack um, that I carried, and we had a one-way flight to the Philippines. I booked a couple of nights accommodation at the Shangri-La there, a really nice hotel. I'm like, okay, I've been working hard. We've been packing the house up. 
we're going to go there, have a good time, and then we set off. And that was it. That was all that laid ahead of us. And it just felt, yeah, this most amazing adventure, and it was. It was an incredible adventure because we had no plans. We just took our time. We spent time together. We just, honestly, I feel in many ways we just bumbled around mm. and and that and, was it and as you say i think once you step out of your normal routine that's when you really see what other possibilities there are like it's very hard when you're in that daily churn of you know as you say doing the 9 to 5 doing the expected thing it's very very difficult to picture what else is possible and so you know, in terms of career change, that whole process of giving yourself some time, whether it's going traveling or whatever it is, but giving yourself somehow. And as you said, it's not possible for everyone. It is a bit of a, a privilege, I suppose, to be able to take that step back. But yeah, I think that um, that time away from regular life can really open up a whole world of opportunities, right? I, I really think so. And I think for me, I actually wasn't expecting for it to lead me to what it did and in a lot of ways the timing was right with social media for example and my background also being journalism as yourself um, and Mm. being able to write um, and share my story certainly helped but I do believe in many ways uh, giving my kind of life up to my passion and going about my life in a way that was so rewarding to me to be able to spend time with Emmy just like you said it did really open the doors it's almost like and it seems like counterintuitive to take a step back because we're always hustling we always want to try and make something happen but in taking a step back it's like things just happened for me or somehow I managed to get onto the right path and then maybe that's you know maybe just tapping in a little bit more to intuitive or tapping into just letting go maybe of of the the things that we think we should be doing that may not necessarily be the right things and then just enabling yourself to to work out or select the things that make you happy I did that the things that made me happy that kind of led me to a place that was very different to where I was headed that was way (laughs) more rewarding And at what point did you realise that this life of travel could be a more permanent career option? Like, as you said, you sort of started documenting your travels on social media. So you were, I guess, um, gaining a bit of a mm. following and writing articles. So you'd started to earn an income. You, you, I mean, you mentioned you had the savings initially, but to be travelling for that period of time, I guess you needed to earn an income at some point. So how did that unfold? I did. And I think I still struggle with social media because I, I still probably because, what am I? Gen X? Am I Gen X? I'm the generation <laughs> well, am, that grew up so, without yes. social media. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So this is still for me to break down that barrier in my mind and see social media as an actual job. I still struggle with that. So I think for me, when I was away um, getting paid for things on social media or even just, you know, receiving complimentary stays in nice hotels to share my experience, um, didn't seem like it was like an actual job it just seemed like this amazing thing that had happened I think when I started writing articles 
for magazines like Holidays with Kids and Out and About with Kids and then for um, Escape um, and Mamma Mia. I Yeah, I thought that was that made me feel like, okay, something's happening. And then, you know, there was a story about our travels. I think it was in the Daily Mail and it reached millions of people. Mm. And I think, and that was really rewarding because for people and people who follow me, like I love that sense of community. And I think that's also for me is how I see social media too. For me, it's always been a way to connect. Mm. It hasn't been, first and foremost, that's what it is. It's never been to me like, it's a business and maybe that's a downfall for me but it is very rewarding to share my experiences and ways of doing things differently to also help people potentially see that this is something that they could do too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that I was offered a book deal so I've, I've written a book about our uh, adventures over those few years called Backyard to Backpack mm. um, and so that as well was but then it's very still very hard to believe that things like that could happen out of yeah following my heart I suppose yeah and I mean with the writing did were you starting to pitch yourself to these publications or did people get wind of your story through your social media and approach you yeah I was asked to write a few stories and then I started getting the confidence to pitch stories yeah it can be hard to break into, that's for sure. Um, perseverance and networking and, and relationships and always, you know, delivering what you say you're going to deliver on time mm. is really important. But being able to write and, yeah, definitely for me, I mean, especially Escape, you know, it's this huge um, travel magazine that comes out every weekend in the newspapers and, to be able to see my stories in there, I mean, that just gives me such a thrill. I absolutely mm. love that. So I feel like then it does give me uh, a sense of legitimacy, Yeah, I suppose. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. And what's the whole experience been like for Emmy, do you think? I mean, obviously for you it's taken you on this whole new career path, but a big part of it was for you to spend more time together and for her to have some amazing experiences too. So what do you think it's it's done for her? So for Emmy, oh gosh, I mean, she's in a different time of her life now being 13. When we left, she was six. And I mean, we traveled pretty much up until COVID. And even then, when we came home from COVID, we moved up to Magnetic Island in Queensland. And she's probably only been, she's been back here in like our home for two years. And so this time for her, especially I would say like the last 12 months, is just regrounding herself here and um, getting to know all of her friends again and and working in a traditional school environment, which are all relatively new given that she hasn't had that experience um, a lot. Most of her school life has been travelling with me. Yeah. So that's what she's focusing on now. Um, she has had the most incredible experiences in her life pre-returning that I think have helped her definitely grow as a as a child her awareness of the world around her of different cultures and different ways of living and just how fortunate she is I think it's also helped her in her conversational skills in her ability to communicate 
with people. Mm. Um, look, and I'm sure there's, um, you, you know, there's some downsides, I would say, which is she's not really into team sport. I don't know if she would be more into team sport if we'd been doing it every weekend. I would like her to be more into team sport because in a way, while I always thought, oh, I don't really want to be living that suburban life, I do want to be at the soccer field now. See, this is me after all this time. I used to hate going to the soccer when she was five and six, freezing cold in the morning watching them play. But I think I would like to do that now. Um, But I feel like she's already had this rounded experience and exposure to things that you know it's really hard when they get further into schooling and of course you don't need to follow the traditional schooling um, model Mm -hmm. there are many ways to travel and to do world schooling or homeschooling there's there's so many different ways to do it Um, Emmy really didn't have traditional schooling for most of primary school and she's now in the like advanced streams at high school okay so I believe that kids, my learning with her makes me think children will apply themselves when it's ready for them. I struggled a lot trying to teach her when we travelled. It was probably the one negative for me. Mm. Um, but it has not been detrimental to to her yeah. in terms of her learning and her schooling. So I think a lot of people worry about that with kids. Yeah. And my experience you know, it's it's not. And, you know, since we've been home, that means that I can't travel as much as I want to. So then I had to build a new or start creating a new business, yes. which was the original, my original idea um, that I had when Emmy and I first started, you know, she was only a few months old and I went to Fiji and we would go to all these different places and I would think, it would be really cool if there were some other mums here um, with kids the same age and being a solo parent, um, you know, it. sometimes you're not invited on the, the traditional family trips when it's mum and dad and the kids going away for the weekend. Mm. Um, and it can be harder to get friends to come with you because obviously they want to go on holidays with their partner and children. So sometimes it's hard to to get others to come with you. So I thought I would love to create group trips for solo mums and children and that's what like mum pack travel which is my brand name where I thought that up um and no one <laughs> really thinks this way but the, the whole name was you know a wolf pack but mums so it's a mum <laughs> pack and we're all together holidaying people just think it's packing your bags um but I couldn't do that at the time but now coming back to Sydney and being here I kind of relaunched that idea and I've been running trips this year. I've just done three to Vietnam um, that have been incredible. I've uh, just had mums with their kids. I hire out a whole hotel so we're all together oh, wow. and we just experience the local environment and get to spend time together. Mums have a good time with their kids. They have a good time without their kids and the children <laughs> all make friends and have a great time together. So I've been focusing on that now and that's, yeah, that's again all because of taking that that leap, taking a chance and Mm. and following what will be rewarding for me and also help other people. Yeah, I mean it is that perfect example of just following an interest and seeing where it leads you. As we were saying before, I'm sure when you took off on that first adventure, this is not where you saw your life ending up you know, eight years on. I mean, I wanted to ask a bit more about your new business because obviously being a tour guide and essentially having your own travel company, 
now is a huge leap again from being a writer and documenting your travels on social. So how, I mean, where do you even begin to set something like that up? I know. I actually have a lot to learn in terms of running a business and all those annoying things like finances and yes. <laughs> setting up Insurance a company and so forth. Yes, all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but setting up the trips for me, it's like just a real labour of love. Um, I chose uh, Hoi An in Vietnam because I've, Em and I lived there for six months, so I know it quite well. And back in 2018, I did a couple of group trips um, that I hosted and I, I learned quite a lot from that. In those, we went to places where we needed to move around a little bit and that was too much. So I refined the trips um, I suppose it does make it a lot easier for me as well in that I hire out um, one hotel, a beachside hotel in mm-hmm. Anbang, which is about 10 minutes from Hoi An. It's on the beach. It's a real village feel. So that's very easy because we're in one location. And then I just plan an itinerary so that each day we're doing something that is entertaining, cultural, educational, fun, Uh, The kids get to experience all the different foods. They get to go and walk around the old town and learn about the history and culture of Hoi An and Vietnam. And and they get to, I mean, one one of the things that's really important to me is making sure we support local. So, Mm. you know, we use local companies for transport and we go to local restaurants and learn about um, the, the family owners and their stories of growing up in this small village. Um, you know, many of the families are, are fishing families, so they didn't have a lot of money and they would they would survive from dad going out in the basket boat to fish, coming back with fish for the family to eat, and then the remainder would go to the market and that's how they'd earn a little bit of money. Mm. And so then with tourism, you know, a lot have opened their small restaurants and the families all cook and they just have these wonderful stories to share, which is, again, like such a beautiful uh, connection mm. between tourists and, and the group trips that I have and learning about the people that they're meeting. So it's a, you know, it, I think for me it covers all the bases of things that I would love to give. I, I do like an all-inclusive trip, so especially mums, you know, we're always, I want to try and replicate that feeling that I had when I kind of left the airport. I walked through immigration. I'm like, I don't have to think about a thing anymore. Yes. And that's what <laughs> I want for my guests. I love so everything's that. included. Once you arrive, you just can relax. I think that's really important, mm. really important to be able to do that because that gives you the freedom, not only to relax for yourself, but to make those connections with your kids. Yes. Well, I mean, essentially it is, as you say, trying to share a little bit of what this life you've created for yourself looks like now with someone else, maybe not turning it into a career, but giving them that opportunity to spend that quality time with their daughters, their sons, yeah. their kids. Yes, absolutely. And giving them confidence to then be able to do it themselves too. Well, Evie, I just have a few final questions to give some tips to our listeners today. So if someone listening was interested to create a life or career for themselves in the world of travel, what tips do you have for them? Oh, wow. I mean, I think there's a lot of options. Um, I'm actually studying uh, the Travel Agent Certificate 3 
um, so that I can do bookings as well. So there's, there's that traditional role. And, you know, a lot of people are mobile travel agents and they can travel the world Mm. and work. So it's another option for that whole digital nomad career. Um, and I think if you want to get into travel writing, definitely practice, write, make connections, make sure to read the publications that you think you want to write for so you get to know their tone. Just just read. Like if you go online and, and have a look at Escape and Traveller, um, the type of stories that Mamma Mia does, Mamma Mia accepts um, contributions, try and get, you know, a quirky angle or something interesting, something that hasn't been done before. Mm. Um, in terms of being that kind of travel influencer, I mean, I feel like a way to do it is if you can hone your photography skills and there are so many free courses on um, YouTube or you may already be a great photographer, you can offer your services to um, hotels or destinations or tours and you can work with them um, in exchange for providing photography. And I guess we know there's a lot of things that can hold people back from making a big change, whether it's an external barrier of some sort or their own self-doubt. What would you say is the biggest barrier you had to overcome to make your career and life change? Mm. I really feel like I think it's it's probably seem like a strange thing to say, but just having faith in yourself, and that can be a blind faith too. I feel like if I had have listened to everybody who questioned me when I decided to to leave on my trip, maybe I wouldn't have gone. Mm. And that would have been the biggest regret of my life and I would still be doing the same thing. I feel like if you want to make a change, just have faith in yourself, which mm. I know it just seems like, oh, but what that is is just believing that you can go and do something different and you don't have to put these huge goals in about being ridiculously successful. Mm. Maybe just make these small goals, small things that you can achieve and try and twist any negatives into a positive because that I feel that that's where it all starts. Yeah. Um, it's just having It's just having the faith in yourself and I think that for me with mum pack trips that's that's a huge example I mean I'm not a I'm not I've never been a tour leader I've never had a tour company I've never had a company Mm. but my passion was to create these trips for women I did my research to find out what what they wanted I know you know my my audience and I made it happen and I believed that it would happen And I was confident that it would. And I just feel, you know, the joy that I find in creating it, as I said, it's hard work, but the joy that I get from it really pushes me on. So, Mm. yeah, maybe just be a bit ignorant in a way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think there's that, but it is also taking it one step at a time. I mean, people, you know, looking at what you are doing now versus when you first stepped away on your trip. I mean, there's been so many small steps in between there to get to where you are now. So I think it's also reminding people that, you know, just start with that first step, start with following that interest and then see what you learn from that and where that takes you. It's not that you, you know, get on the plane and suddenly launch a travel company. You've had eight years in between of, you know, learning, gaining confidence step by step. Like that's really the secret, I think. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it took a long time. And sometimes I, I wondered where I was headed. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, it all came together so far. Like you said, those very small steps. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and belief in what I was doing. And what is the best part about your work life now? Honestly, doing these trips, I feel is just so rewarding. And when I look back to work, which I mean, I found work having a role um, and a job um, really exciting, and I loved doing it at the time. Um, but now being able to do something that I'm really passionate about, that I can see the joy from from my guests who come along, and I know that I'm helping people, that that's probably the best part right now. And lastly, if people want to find out more about you or your travel adventures, where's the best place to connect with you? So um, Mumpack Travel is mm-hmm. the name that I have on my, my Instagram and my blog. So it's yeah, at Mumpack Travel. And my trips is Mumpack Trips. So that also has a blog where you can look at all the trips that I'm running um, and make a booking. And that's also on Instagram too. So you can follow on Instagram to find out what trips are coming up and, and see what we've done in the past and, and see if that's something that would that would suit you. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today, Evie. I've really loved hearing your story and yeah, sharing some of your inspiration with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me, Jackie. Thanks for joining me for this episode of What She Did Next. You can find all of the details about today's guest in our show notes. And if you're thinking about making a career change of your own, then you might want to check out our new online courses or subscribe to our newsletter at whatshedidnext.com.au. We're also on Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn at What She Did Next Podcast. What She Did Next is produced and hosted by me, Jackie Uwe, with production support by Perth Digital. Thanks for listening.